Isaiah chapter 43 is where we're going to read uh, this morning. Isaiah, the 43rd chapter. We'll read a few verses beginning with verse 14. This is the account of uh, God's plan of deliverance for those that were held captive in Babylon and just how God worked uh, in some wonderful and amazing ways to set them free. Verse 14, this is Isaiah 43, verse number 14. Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake, there's a key phrase right there, all the things that God does, he's always working for your sake, for my sake, for the benefit of the people of God, amen. God's on your side this morning. God is working for your sake. For your sake, I have sent to Babylon and have brought down all their nobles, the Chaldeans, whose cry is in the ships. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea. That's a key phrase. He maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters, which bringeth forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinct. They are quenched as tow. That phrase there means that they're like a wick of a lamp. It's spent. It's burnt up. It's gone. They are they are quenched as tow. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness. Again, the same phrase. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So the theme of these verses here is that God knows how to make a way. God makes a way. He doesn't show you a way. He doesn't lead you in a way necessarily but he makes a way when there is not a way. He creates a way. He provides the miraculous solution to your, your need. Now, this first verse in verse 14, I'm going to have to just take a moment and kind of unpack this so that you can get the full picture of what the prophet is saying. He's saying here, I'm your redeemer. I'm the Holy One of Israel. I'm doing all this for your sake. I have sent to Babylon and have brought down the nobles and the Chaldeans. This is um, him describing God's plan in bringing deliverance. The children of Israel have been down in Babylon for a lot of years in captivity. And this is God saying to them, this is how that I'm delivering you. And uh, God's way of deliverance is not always the way that we would ever dream that it would ever happen. We, we can think of ways that God can work out our problems, uh, but the fact is we need God uh, to move supernaturally in our needs. We need God to create a way when there isn't a way. Make a way when there isn't a way. That's what God's plan 
is. So this account here is him saying, I, I've gone down to Babylon, and this is him talking about Cyrus, the king of Persia, and how that the Persian Empire had, had grown over the, the years, and uh, that the Persian Empire had taken all of the outer regions. They had not taken the city of Babylon yet. And uh, it describes, now it doesn't describe in detail here, it just says, I sent, I have sent to Babylon and I've brought down all the, the, uh, the nobles and uh, the Chaldeans. I've brought them all down. I've brought all the Babylonians down. But you don't know is the backdrop or the, the story that uh, history tells us, different historians tell us that Cyrus came to and begin to set up his armies to come against Babylon. And I'm talking a mighty army, multitudes of thousands of soldiers that he had to go up against Babylon. When he gets to the Tigris and the Euphrates River, the rivers are so fierce. They're so running. So the, the, it's the season of the year when the rivers are, are running at full strength. And uh, it said, one historian, Herodotus, said that, uh, uh, that uh, some of the uh, uh, horses, the white horses that they considered to be sacred horses, that they got out into the river and... Uh, that it swept them away. Cyrus became so upset that these uh, special horses drowned in uh, uh, this raging river that he stopped his march on Babylon and, and divided up all of his thousands of soldiers and caused them to, to dig 360 trenches uh, to cause the, the rivers. Now, this isn't in the Bible. This is, this is what history tells us about what happened. That he dug all these trenches to cause the river, the waters of the river, to be uh, drained away from the river. He was so angry that his horses drowned that he divided his armies up and they dug 360 trenches to lead uh, the, the waters, uh, to bleed them off and to lead them away so that the river would not be so fierce and so uh, uh, roaring, so uh, strong. And uh, in so doing, when he gets finally down to Babylon, they have taken, uh, Babylon was known for their canals. They have built these canals from the Tigris and the Euphrates, and those canals led right into the city, underneath the great walls of Babylon. Now those walls were considered to be completely um, uh, impenetrable. They could not be. They believed that they, those walls were as high as 85 feet tall. This building all the way up to the top of the spire is about 68 feet tall. So it was 80 feet tall were the walls and they were so thick and, and wide that uh, uh, chariots pulled by four horses could pass on the top of the walls. Now these are, this is a mighty fortress. They have 280 areas of guards to where the guards were sitting on the walls all around the perimeters of the city to protect the city. And, and so 
Uh, it was believed that no army could come up against them. But whenever he drained the waters away from the Tigris, when he did that, then the canals began to lower. And when they did, then they were able to go in in knee-deep water underneath the walls right into the city, and they took the city. It's a pretty wild story. It's, it's really amazing. But this is what God said. I did all this for your sake. I did all this for your sake. I, I, I brought down the mighty Babylonian uh, uh, empire. I did it for your sake. And Cyrus, who was not a godly man, uh, as a matter of fact, Cyrus was known to be very harsh, brutish, severe, and uh, a very violent uh, man. Uh, but uh, somehow, just a little bit later on, God was going to touch the heart of Cyrus and he was going to start allowing the Jews to go back to Jerusalem for them to go back to their homeland, to go back and to rebuild their temple. And so what he's saying here is that this seemed like an impossible situation, but I know how. I know how to make a way. I know how. I am the God who works for your sake and I am your redeemer. I am the Holy One of Israel and for your sake, I have sent to Babylon. I have brought down the nobles, brought down the Chaldeans, whose cry is in the ships. They say that when the armies of the Babylonians would come back to the city, up those canals, that you could hear them shouting and having a big celebration because they were bringing the spoils of war back to the city. But on this day, when Cyrus's army marched in and made the canals knee deep, that their ships couldn't sail. And so when they, that was their means of escape. So when they all ran to the ships to escape, the ships couldn't go because the water was too shallow. And so they said, whose cry is in the ships? Because they're all loaded up in the ships wanting to escape but they're weeping and crying because they know we have been defeated. We have been defeated. Then he repeats it, verse 15. I am the Lord, your, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Isn't it a wonderful thing to, to understand that, that He is our God? Yes, He's the Creator of everything, He's the Holy One of Israel. He's the creator of everything that is. But he's also your personal God. My personal God. Who cares about me. He cares about you. And he is able to, to, to drain the waters of the Tigris and Euphrates. Uh, to, to do whatever needs to be done. To bring about a way where Israel can be once again rebuilt. And they can be set free from their captivity. Wow, that's the God that we serve. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in mighty waters. Now he's talking about their history, Israel's history, and how that God moved for them. Let me tell you, God moves for his people when there doesn't seem to be a way. When there doesn't seem to be a way. I mean, they've been for years, hundreds of years in captivity. This is back in their days when they were held by Pharaoh in Egypt and made to be slaves in Pharaoh's uh, kingdom. Uh, but uh, the Bible says, uh, 
that God promised to raise up a deliverer. And apparently Pharaoh got word of that because he decided to kill every child, every male baby, and ordered them all to be killed. But God preserved a little baby by the name of Moses and, uh, and worked in such an amazing way that he put Moses right into the arms of Pharaoh's daughter and caused her heart to yearn for him and uh, to take him into the palace. Let me tell you, Pharaoh was destroying every, every male child because he believed that one of them would be a deliverer. But God said, not only am I gonna save Moses from your judgment, but I'm gonna put him in your palace. I'm gonna let you pay the bill. You can raise him, you can clothe him, you can feed him, and you can raise him up in the palace. And he's gonna be the deliverer. Amen. Folks, we serve a God who can make a way when there does not seem to be a way. Praise God. He maketh a way in the sea. And that's exactly what he did. He provided for them. So Moses then grows up to become the deliverer. Fulfill the promise of God to be the deliverer for Israel. He leads them out. They don't get very far until they get to the Red Sea. The, the sea is in front of them. The mountains are on both sides of them. And Pharaoh's armies are behind them. They're hemmed in. They're, they're in a situation where they can't do anything about it. And they begin to cry out. They thought, we're just going to die. You've brought us out here in the wilderness to die. Moses, what have you done? And Moses said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. God's getting ready to move for us. And God moved on that, on that very day. He said, the Lord is going to fight for you. Hold your peace. God's going to fight this battle for you. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Lift up thy rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Praise God. We all know the story. We learned it when we were in, in Sunday school. God opened up that sea and they walked across all, however many there were, two million of them on dry land. It was a miracle. And then after they crossed over, all of Pharaoh's armies are out there in the middle of the sea and the water closes in on them and every one of them drowns. And the Bible says this, this, this enemy, this man Pharaoh and all of his armies that have, that have opposed you and have been your enemy, you will see them never again. You will see them no more. Your enemy has been completely defeated. Praise God. God made a way for Israel. He always makes a way for, the, for his people. That's the nature of our God. He's, he is our God who makes a way when there is not a way. Hallelujah. And he provides. He provided for them then when they got out there in the middle of the wilderness and there was no water. And God provided a stream of water out of a rock that flowed and followed them everywhere they went across the wilderness. The water was with them and it was the provision of the Lord in the middle of a wilderness. God makes a way. That's the history of the children of Israel. They would get into another situation, God would make a way. 
They would get into another time. God would make a way. And wherever you are today, God will make a way. There may not, there doesn't seem to be a way. There probably isn't a way. But God can make a way. Praise God. Amen. You know, when you're a pastor, you hear about people's needs. And uh, I get calls and texts often, sometimes every day from different ones, sometimes church members, sometimes other people have some connection with us uh, through the church or the ministry here and uh, sending needs to us. I've had some yesterday and some today, more and more. People are in need everywhere. It's an overwhelming time, overwhelming situations that people are in. Many times I've brought people in to speak with them, to try to counsel with them. And honestly, you know, I do my best. I give them the best counsel, the best answers that I can give them. But the fact is, there's a lot of times when I've come to the end of that session with them and I've had to say, I don't know how to solve this problem. I don't know how to bring this thing to, to, to re- resolve. I don't know the answer. I just know we, we must commit it to God because God is the God who makes a way when there isn't a way. He brings a solution when there isn't a solution. And God supernaturally provides. Amen. It says in verse 17, bringing forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the power, they shall lie down together. This is talking about Pharaoh's army in the, in the sea. They shall not rise. They are extinct. They are quenched as a toe. As I mentioned, that phrase there, quenched as a toe, is a term that relates to a, uh, the wick of a lamp that burns out. It, it just completely burns out. It doesn't exist anymore. They are quenched as a toe. They are gone. That's what God can do to your problems, to your enemies, to those things that you're dealing with today, God can can do it. Amen. Praise God. I think a lot of times what we uh, uh, we have expectations of how God is going to work, of how God is going to resolve our problems, and we even map it out for Him. Lord, here's what I want you to do. I want you to fix my problem, and I want you to do this and this and this and this. Work it out, Lord. Do it the way that I've kind of planned it for you. God never works the way that you plan. God never works according to your own answers and your own ways. God's ways are higher. They're greater. They're mightier. They're beyond anything that you could ever understand or comprehend. God's ways are great and they are mighty. Amen. Many times it's he works through unlikely ways and means, unpredictable uh, solutions and sources that you could never have ever thought of or even dreamed up. But it is the God who is a creator God who is making a way when there is not a way. Praise God. He is the God that can move in your situation. Then he says, remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Now he has just related all these past experiences of, of the children of Israel. So as he's saying, those things are not important, not at all. He's just saying to them, don't let your focus be on what God has done in the past. Understand that he is the God of the new. He is the God of right now. He's the God that does new things, fresh things, 
ways that you could never imagine or you could never believe or understand or comprehend. The ways of God are just too great for us to understand. Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Because behold, I will do a new thing. I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Many times the solution comes just that quickly, just that suddenly, just in a surprising way, God reveals his mighty hand. Praise God. Amen. I'll do a new thing. It'll just spring forth. It'll be God working. And you'll stand back in awe and say, wow, I could have never figured that out. I could have never come up with that solution but God says, I'll do a new thing. It'll spring forth. It'll surprise you. And how God can work suddenly and amazingly in your behalf. Praise God. Behold, I'll do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Amen. So when they left Babylon... With Cyrus's permission, it was probably 800 plus miles of wilderness journeys that they had. Treacherous, dry, dangerous journey all the way back to Jerusalem. What was the Lord saying to them? I'm going to make a way in that wilderness. You're, gonna, you're, you're facing some tough and difficult times. I'm going to make a way in the wilderness and give you rivers in the desert. I'll provide for you supernaturally through the worst of situations. So God is the God who makes a way when it's impossible. It's impossible. God delights in working in your needs and my needs uh, and um, showing himself strong in impossible situations. And we're going to believe the Lord to do just that today. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're talking about a God who can make a way. A way when there isn't a way. A solution when it doesn't exist. Uh, a, a, a miraculous provision of God's help in your life and in your needs. Whatever that they might be, God can make a way. Praise God. He can make a way if you'll put your trust and your confidence in the Lord. Now, if the Lord can raise up a Cyrus and do all the things that he did in his, uh, his circumstance uh, to bring him down, to take over and put Babylon down and then put in Cyrus's heart to let them go. If God can do that, don't you believe he can work in your situation? Yes. Amen. He can do it. He can do it. God can make a way. Praise God. Father, I just pray today, Lord, for those in this service this morning, Lord, that have all kinds of circumstances, some with health problems, physical problems, others, Lord, needs in their families, in their homes, in their finances, some that are dealing with circumstances, maybe even of addictions in their life or, or all kinds of problems, Lord, that are overwhelming to us. We, we don't have the answer. We don't have the solution. But we trust you. And we're calling upon you today because we know you can make a way. 
you can make a way when there does not seem to be a way. Lord, you can do it. And we're believing you, Lord, to put faith in the hearts of people in this service today that are up against it. They're up against overwhelming and challenging odds. But Lord, we know you're a God who can make a way in our situation. And we ask God that you would cause faith to rise up in our hearts and we would have a confidence, Lord, that you are working, you are moving, Lord, and that we can trust you uh, to work because you're our redeemer. You're the Holy One of Israel. You're our Lord, you're our, you're our God. You are the Holy One. You're the creator of everything that is. You're our King. Thank you, Lord, for a personal God who can make a way in all of our needs. Praise God. Hallelujah.